Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where truly every thought does matter. Join me and my guests to explore how they got to where they are and how their thoughts have changed their lives. So, as you know, click to subscribe, rate, review. That all helps me in growing this podcast to where I want it to be. So, thank you again for joining Every Thought Matters podcast. Tune in to today's episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I have a conversation with Mia Ruiz. Mia is a, an accomplished actress, writer, producer, director even, and spinner. Yes, she's a spinner. We talk about her, mostly the entertainment industry and how she uses her thoughts to help her craft. And we have a surprise connection at the end about my whereabouts and my journey back to Texas. So tune in for a wonderful episode. I cannot thank her enough for being on my podcast today. Wait a minute. Yes, we're recording now. There we go. Welcome. And we finally got this going. This is great. And welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Um, we are longtime friends from the entertainment industry, and we've still kept in touch, which I think is cool. And I think you have a fascinating story, which is why I wanted you on my podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have worked together. We have been in each other's lives for quite a bit. Um, you are, some of the stories that you made, one of the stories that you did was, um, oh my God, I went to the premiere. Yeah, Fragile Storm. The Fragile Storm. Oh my yeah. God. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. If no one has seen it, you need to see it. I don't know where it's at. I don't know. You can contact Kelly because you know he was one of the main producers on it. So I know it's not about you, it's about me, but I just want to I know, no worries, no worries. It was just a phenomenal story, the way it was put together, the way it was directed. Um lots of twists and turns in it. Oh it, it yep. My seat, and I loved every second of it. On last week's week podcast, I had the actual writer of Project Storm on. Oh, I need to go back and see it because there's so much that I know that I can learn from all of that uh, experience, especially working with uh, a, a celebrity at that standards was, I bet, was a great experience. I know something that I would want to do. Experience. It, it, it was fun, but when as somebody told me afterwards, like and Lance Henderson was the star of that film, and yeah. if you don't know who Lance is, Lance was in Aliens with Sigourney Weaver, and Millennium, the TV show. I, he was up for a an Emmy for that. I don't think he won, but and he was in my, my film. And when you get to that level, they don't have people like that don't have any of the pretentiousness that you think of Hollywood celebrities. Mm-hmm. And he was just as chill as chill could be but as a one-time actor I I watched him work and it was just fascinating to see him work and connect to his co-star Jody and the things he did were I could could do an entire podcast just on the making of that film but I may do that because it's my podcast I can do whatever I want but (laughs) right yes I think you should do it um, I think as many people will learn from that, uh, from, from that short, uh, especially the way it was shot. Uh, and 
kudos that there was a woman director uh, and yep. it did so much a different of a spin to it um, and again um, it had a lot of twists and turns and you thought you knew the plot you thought you knew where you were going and then it just did a whole 180 on you and he still kept you intrigued and I don't want to give too much away of it but I nope. think everyone should see it because it shows you the entertainment the attention grabber that a movie is supposed to have and yeah. considering I don't know how, how, how many minutes it is um I wanted more I wanted more that's all I could say I wanted more <laughs> yeah it was seven and a half minutes I'm sorry it was seven and a half minutes which isn't oh, wow. much yeah 732 I think wow yeah and you should do a whole podcast on it and have all the uh well the actors uh the what is it four actors yeah, we had four. All right, because you went, you went back and forth. Yeah. On the yeah, so I think it's phenomenal. Well, anywho, yeah, that's <laughs> um, so okay. I learned that's... a lot. Right, no, that's so I learned right. a lot from you, Kelly, and and watching you uh, help me flourish into my what what my vision, what I wanted my vision to be, and yeah. it's all and, you know. Mm -hmm. So thank Let's you. talk about that vision. Because I read your IMDb bio, and I, for those who don't know, IMDb is the Internet Movie Database, and you get credits for working on films. And I looked at that, and I read your bio, and something jumped out at me that I didn't know about you, which was you excelled in high school sports. I didn't know this about you. Basketball, I can't remember what other sports were listed there, but something about spinning, which I didn't know what was spinning. Spinning? Right? Yeah, what is that? Um, spinning is, um, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> now, it was on the cycling, correct? Because you got two kinds of spinning. It was on the cycling, oh, cool. right? I don't know. I, was, I just read your bio because one of our mutual friends helped you write it, which I was grateful to Mark see Isaacs. his name on there, Mike, Mark Isaacs, who was in one of my films. Um, but I was just fascinated, like, what is spinning? That's that, I'm like, I got to ask her all these other things, but then I saw spinning. I'm like, what is that? Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's, it's like just going really high speed. Uh, I've oh, always yeah. been really good with that. That's, that's all it really is, is that you can accelerate at high speed and still keep the control. Uh, a lot of people feel that oh, I can go fast and just go, you know, it's a technique, especially with like, just like stunts. Uh, people think up there and they're just going to fall and think, okay, if I don't get hurt, that's great. And if I get hurt, oh, you know, I'm going to sue. Negative. <laughs> negative, negative, negative. Safety is always first. You and your safe comes before anything else. Um, yeah. I would never put myself in that predicament. One, I'm a mother. And two, I love myself dearly. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, There you go. Two great qualities to have. Because yes. yeah, I saw the stunt stuff because I love that about you. I think that's really neat. I, in my time in LA, I met this lady who was, you know, very well-known stunt actress. And that's like, and her IMDb is just littered with high profile movies where she did stunts and stuff. I'm like, wow. And Ooh, she said me. the same thing you do. It's like, I got, no, it's all about being safe and being, doing all these things. And I watched this, during this pandemic, uh, one of my, uh, I'll reveal to my audience, one of my favorite shows was a show called Dark Matter. And which is like basically set in 35 or 40 years from now. And 
they can time travel in a spaceship, right? So they can, and there was a droid on there and she was hosting on, on a Monday, a whole review of one of the episodes. And then she, there was this fight scene and she's like, no, that wasn't me. This is, that was my stunt double. And she named her name and she's like, oh my God, this girl was so amazing. I'm like, how do you just, they, they, there's so many great stunt doubles in that industry. How does one to get into that? And why is that something that you like? Because your IMDb said you knew how to handle swords and not just glocks, but swords and all kinds of weaponry. Yes. Well, the swords and the, and the knives and the guns and all that came uh, a play in my life at a very young age. Um, growing up like um, farm slash ranch, because we had everything. We had the agriculture the along with the animals. Uh, mm -hmm. cow, the horses, yeah, yeah. and um, all of that stuff. So, and in my in my family, it's not like, well, you're a guy, you're not going to do this. You're a girl, you're not going to do this. No, if you want to eat, <laughs> you want new clothes, <laughs> you're going to have to go out there and do these chores. And that's what I had to learn. Um, I had to ride horses, it comes like a second nature to me. I can do it with no baby, with a saddle, no saddle. It makes no difference. Um, wow. Knives, it was just really easy to be with knives because, I mean, being out in the, in the country, it's a whole different lifestyle than the city life, of course. Um, you know, you bump into got snakes, <laughs> insects, and critters. So you have to really kind of muscle up and get your knife and kill, you know? And, of the snake or the whatever and it kind of just grew on me now i was only there for eight years but still i i learned so much from there and shooting guns well of course um coyotes uh mountain lions you know that you don't stand a chance so you had to get a gun and you don't really want to miss with that kind of stuff you want to come kind of pretty close <laughs> yeah right so that was another yeah so we we studied uh we we, we trained and I just find it really fascinating, the, the, I guess, the empowerment that it gives someone, you know, right. to hold a gun or hold a knife. And even now, I still train. Um, not that I'm doing anything, uh, any movies. Well, I am doing one movie with, uh, that's action-packed, but we have stunt doubles for it. So that's been a really big um, ego booster because... I'm out here doing with stunts again, which I haven't been done in a while, especially because of COVID. Um, so get right. back on the scene and doing some stunts right now in the movies. It's been, oh, I love it. It's, I love it. <laughs> oh, so um, going with that. Um, so being around guns and knives, it wasn't, I wasn't scared for it or, or had any kind of uh, reserve for it because I was used to it. But in Hollywood, you don't really, you do shoot the gun, but you really don't have to really aim and really get the mark because they'll do it for you. Right. But as far as the hits, the kicks, the, the, the rollovers, the jumps, all that is trained. All that's just, it's a technique. It's not just go up and let me jump. Um, Mark Shavari, I mean, he rest in peace, was the gentleman that um, yes. I went to one of the seminars and he was doing stunts and how he got into it in the industry. And I approached him and because a little bit of my background, I wasn't so green. So he kind of grew on to me and gave me some more 
leeways in some movies. And then I got on the Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, that's Martin right. Campbell. Yeah, the Martin Campbell um, kind of gave me more of a invite into the stunt world. When I did the Green Lantern, he saw me running in, in stilettos. And uh, when they yelled cut, he called me back. And <laughs> he goes, I want you to go back to the room and go change and come back. And go change your shoes and get some tennis shoes and come back. So I went to wardrobe, got some tennis, got me back. And he put me in the scene where all the stunts were people. And I just started networking from there. And well, that's how it works, though, yeah. in any industry. Like, I was a computer programmer for 25 years and worked at I was counting the other day nine or 10 different firms in those 25 years. And I got most of my jobs through people I knew. I think only one or two was a resume application. Mm -hmm. The rest of it was networking. And it's like, Oh, I know that guy. And I, I had a guy that I worked with on a project in uh, the woodlands when, even when I wasn't living in Houston and wow. I brought, he brought me over to another thing and then I brought him over to my new job. It just, you know, that's what networking in and Hollywood is just the same thing. It's just a different, different uh, set of jobs. And stunt is a very small community from what I understand. Very. But, yeah. Very so, small. Cause that's very like small. a niche of a niche. Like, did you always want to be an actress or did you, I, I mean, growing up out in the, on the range, did you, gravitate to that or how'd that happen? I graduated to plays out of the country. We did little plays in school, little, um, yeah, you know, little skits, a little shows here and there. Um, they'll bring out some puppets and I enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to Houston and the community, well, the plays in the school here in Houston were a lot different than the ones that were in Sinton, um, of mm -hmm. course. The, the, the finances made a huge difference. And sure. when I attended the, the place in Houston, they were a lot more elaborate, you know, a lot with props and, you know, makeup and costume and the whole shebang. And I just like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and I just loved it. I, I love the dressing up, the whole get up. I remember they, um, we had to audition for the Cinco de Mayo dance and I auditioned and I got it and they had, to, I had to wear this big old flamboyant skirt with the big old flowers on my head and I loved it. I loved every minute of it, every minute of it. Um, and then um, going to school and did a little bit of community theater. And again, I loved it, but I realized that it's such a difficult inner industry to get into. And I did not know if my passion was there quite yet because it's a 24-7 driven career. Um, yeah, you always have to create, you have to continue, I mean, continuously create content or rebrand or new markets. And, and now in today's world, acting is not just, you can't just do acting anymore. You have to wear multi hats to be in this industry now, like multi hats. Um, so anyhow, um, so I did theater and I loved it, but I just didn't like it was just too time consuming, just a little bit too, too time consuming for me. Huh. And a friend of mine told me about TV, film. But when I first went and did my audition, uh, I remember there was a remark in the room said she did theater. 
That's like I did. And I'm like, okay, well, we're looking for film. I didn't understand at the moment. And when I left, I asked one of my teachers and they're like, yes, you have to re, um, re-educate yourself because it's not, yeah. you're not projecting anymore with your whole body and, and voice. It's a lot more subtle, subdued, uh, you know, actions. And I said, okay. So I studied out of New York. Went out to New York and studied for three months every day. That's all I did was um, monologue, audition, headshots, classes mm-hmm. after classes, conservatives. I was doing it all. You name it, I was doing it. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, and I came back to Texas. Um, my family, my mother, I'm taking care of my mother. Uh, but yep. I still try to go out there and pursue it because, again, it's, it is a 24-7 driven career if you're not if you're not on set you got to be in class and if you're not in there there's your study you always have to do something if you want to be an actor that, that's constant yeah and what's fascinating about you is that two things that come to mind and i just i remember the moment i met you and i still do to this day and we've texted before about this because it was at a networking event for the film industry or i think it was carrie byers thing I think it was a Carrie Byer deal. I'm not sure though, but I remember exactly where I was like, she gets me and she gets this industry and we talked and that lit a fire underneath me, you know, not taking acting classes and whatever. And I was doing it more as a hobbyist. And then when we started talking, it's just like, Oh, wow. Somebody who speaks my language. That's what I felt like. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's somebody out there that understands this. And you had it and you still do. And today, even when I talk to you, it's the same, you still have that same passion and that, which is beautiful because that, you know, makes you, you're going to succeed because you've also not only just done acting and not only done stunt stuff, but which are two different things, but you're also a writer. You're also a producer and a director. You directed, haven't you? Directed? I've directed a little, but not too much where I want to be a director. Um, yeah. I've done sub. I've done, because I know I appreciate people's compliments and just like yours, thank you so much. Um, mm-hmm. And I've had been told that, that I can fake and see the passion. And I realize I do have the passion and being on the Green Lantern for 47 days for, oh God, the duration of anywhere between 14 to 16 hours a day. Yeah. Um, it really, um, and I was in, in, in my wardrobe the whole time and I had to be in stilettos like I mentioned earlier and my hair was much much longer back then and I had to have it all up in a a bun um by the end of the uh, the end of the shoot I had bruises and (laughs) cords on my toes on my feet because I could not withstand it anymore um I had sores on my head because of all the bobby pins um bags under my eyes because I hadn't really slept and I got my butt kicked literally and then when I stopped and I asked myself would you do it again without without no hesitation I said in a heartbeat (laughs) in a heartbeat that's when I think I told myself okay this is not just something uh, passing through you really have a passion for this and you really want to succeed in this career and I do it. It's every day that I do something. It's every day that, um, and I hope people don't get um, defensive in what I'm about to say. Uh, but as far as an agent goes, um, 
it's great to have agents, but sometimes you have to realize that sometimes you outgrow your agents and you have to go somewhere else. And that's when it gets a little muddy and a little like, well, how can you do this? Da, da, da. But there's been many successful people that have done it. And that's why it's because they're looking out for the number one person. And that's yourself. Right. It's you. So, um, and, and that's where it, it gets a little muddy for me because um, I love agents. I love managers. They're all wonderful people. I oh, just absolutely. think that you have to find your fit and know that know where you want to go and where you want to be. Uh, that's, that's the thing in this key in this industry. I agree. You actors, yeah, you have actors all over the board, like all over the board. In this industry, there's so mm -hmm. much you can do, Kelly. Like, yes. so much. If you I don't want to act, you still can be behind the camera, and there's so much work to do behind the camera. Well, uh, I think it's, it's great because the it, on your agents thing, I just, you know, I'm a sports nerd, so I know there's a lot of, like, NFL players that, do not have agents that go in and negotiate contracts all on their own. I'm, I want to say there's one uh, Richard Sherman who came out of Stanford, who played for the Seahawks, now plays for the 49ers, negotiates his own contract. He doesn't have an agent. And you know, that's a 15% that's a cut, and that's a lot of money that he's saving, but he's also making sure he's taking care of himself. Just like what you said. And they have their place and they have time. Managers are great too, and all of that. But to be able to walk into, say, a CEO or a, a general manager's office in the NFL and go say, this is how much I'm worth and, you know, put all that together, that's an incredible thing. So when you're starting to look out for yourself, know where you want to go and know what your brand is and know that they're going to support it, then you, you'll find the right fit. It's just like any type of relationship, whether it's your best friend and you're hanging out with them having drinks or it's, you know, somebody helping push you along to where you want to be in that industry because you – Strike me as somebody who's always been driven, oh, right? You. Yes, yes, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have that, some, you know, you have to find a muse, anything, anything, whether it's you, um, your pet, your child, your mom, your dad, anything, just find a muse, you know, yeah. get going after it. And, um, you know, so you can, can go back and say yes I did that <laughs> yeah that's my thing I want I want to be able to say yes I did that um might if I've been where I wanted to be no but I did not not do it I did right so yeah that's why. and and uh when I got retrained as a film theater I mean as, as a film commercial actor it was really difficult because um one I'm very an animated and I talk with my hands a lot and I'm very I'm mm -hmm. loud. Uh, my laugh is just, oh my goodness, you can hear me a block away. Um, but when I, came, when I did the transition into film, it was really, really difficult for me. And every now and then, I still find myself <laughs> that I want to project because I'm used to it and it doesn't really work on film. So that's really difficult. Um, um, but I know a lot of actors, Brian Creston is for one, he does Broadway, I saw him on Broadway show. This guy just does it. Oh my goodness. Like he just, I was so enthralled with him. And then to see him on Breaking Bad and then to see him on Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, talk yeah. about a chameleon. And oh, he was, all of it, 
uh, all three of them, all three characters, all three uh, uh, his 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 performances were on point, on cue. They were not over the top. They were no, none of it was fake. I mean, yeah. I know it is, but he didn't propose right. fake. It was just amazing. And That's, now, a, I would love to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He had that. I always think when I think of him, it's Breaking Bad. Uh, not as much Malcolm in the Middle, but the, when he was the dentist on Seinfeld, that's just he was absolutely hilarious. Oh, I didn't know that. That. oh yeah, he was the dentist on Seinfeld. Oh. It's a hilarious. I think I think he got like two or three episodes out of that. Oh wow! It, I'm gonna go back and see it just for that. I mean, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. But he's so talented, and when you find people like that that can go cross over between theater and film and TV, because film is you're saying the same line five five to 20 times just based on whether or not the director thinks that you nailed it. Right. But in theater, you're projecting to that last row and you only get that one chance to project to that last row for that person who paid whatever they paid to, to come see you. And I remember yes. that because one of our mutual friends and acting coaches, John Lanch told me, don't, I remember kind of laughing at a line I had in the theater and he says, don't do that. Let the audience get the laugh, not you. And I was like, whoa, that makes sense. And I didn't know that because it's so different. And I was mm -hmm. training Morbid to be a film actor and a TV one. So it's so two very, very different worlds. And Cranston to be able to navigate those two with that much ease is hard to, hard to believe. But it's great. Yes. I love seeing that. Yes. He also did The Upside with Kevin Hart. Oh. I don't know if you've seen it. He plays no. a paralegic. I just think he's so ridiculously talented. But coming back to you, like where where are you at now, and what is kind of what you are you working on, and how do you navigate all of this? You know, being a mother and and doing that twenty four seven, and making sure how do you keep all of those thoughts together? To like my podcast is about how your thoughts change your world. How have you done all of that and keep yourself sane? Um, writing. You have to write a lot. Yeah. You have to write a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And a lot of people feel like, well, I don't know what to write. Then write that down. You write that down. I don't know what to write. And you just start writing whatever is popping in your head. And it really is just your subconscious just trying to help you, the conscious part, get it 
together. The subconscious part already has it. You just have to organize it and just write it all down because sometimes it just gets too convoluted and you just get overwhelmed with so much information. And that's what, that's my outlet. I just write. And sometimes it's funny because I'll go back and look at my books and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I on? Because <laughs> some stuff makes no sense and then some of it is very, um, very just poetic. And I love it. I'm like, okay, um, I'm working on a movie right now called Transposition. And okay. it's about transporting. And, and what I like about it is uh, women-driven. It's about women assassinations. It's more Ooh. women. Yes, it's more that sounds about cool. corporate women now. And there's the yeah. bad woman. Yeah, so the whole, the whole cast is pretty much all women. Um, and we, I really like that. Um, especially now with this, in the economy, the way it's changing, a lot of more women are coming on board. I know you were the very first one, Kelly, that I saw that you brought a woman director. And I did not well, know. Of course, I was really thrilled because sure. it's female, but I did not know what to expect. Uh, unfortunately, I was one of those, like, I wonder, can a woman be good as man? Not that I'm not being equal, of course. However, it was just something, could it be done? And yes, it could be done. Uh, but I just didn't know who was going to be given a chance. And right. I'm so thankful that you, my friend, gave a woman a chance. So thanks. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. To correct that story, she approached me to come on as an executive producer of that film. That film, you know, was written by Collier Street, and then they collaborated and created, as you know, a shooting script based on the yes. original script. And then that was Dawn's, Dawn Fields, the director of Fragile Storm. That was her baby, and she just needed a little bit of a nudge to get it across the hump. To and that's where I came in, and I was glad because. She's ridiculously talented. She doesn't give herself enough credit for how talented she is, but she's very, very talented. And to be able to pull that off with, you know, Lance, you know, like, like I said, I can do a whole entire podcast just on that particular shooting of that film and the things I learned because I invested a lot of money in that film. And that was basically film school for me because we shot on the soundstage, which I think, you know, which is you look, you watch that film, you're like, no, that's, you know, you wouldn't think it would be, but it was. And so I truly did not give her that chance. She gave me the chance to actually basically go to film school, which was great. I was very blessed. I learned a lot and it gave me a lot of interesting information, but it also taught me a lot about myself, which is a common thread with this, this podcast because I'm now I'm a holistic life coach and I know how to talk to people and bring people and bring their goodness out of them. I, and that worked on that set. That's worked on pretty much every set I had, you know, Mark Isaacs was my lead character in one of my films. And I learned a lot about filmmaking there. I just like you went out there and said, what's the producer in a film do? So I went out yeah. and tried to figure it out. Yeah. So that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very resourceful, uh, being yeah. a Houstonian, so I know a lot of people in Houston. I mean, I've right. lived here my whole life. Um, and I just, so when I get movies, I locations for me are pretty easy. Um, yep. As long as the people are willing to work uh, with 
the other party. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that in this industry, uh, to get something, you have to give in something back. You can mm -hmm. offer advertising, you can offer marketing, you can offer something sure. in return to use their establishment. And a lot of people don't seem to know that concept or even want to approach it. Uh, same thing with product placements. A lot of people kind of downfall on product placements, like, oh, that's too cheap, that's too this, that's too that. Um, and it's not, it is not. Uh, product placements is things that we use every day. I mean, yep. that's just the way life is. Um, also, a lot of people don't understand that when you go to these auditions and you go to these, um, you collect school classes or even um, auditions, all that's tax write-off if you take your job as, as, a, as a business. And people just don't take advantage of that. And it's- Right. Utilize right. it. <laughs> Well, you have to. You have to use everything at your disposal, but you also have to realize that the other person on the other side is a human. They're human, and they have feelings, and you go through that, and that's what, like, my time in the film industry, that's what it taught me. It's like, in some cases, some people didn't treat people like humans, and in other cases, like you and, you know, like, Lanch and a couple other people have treated me like I was a human, and I had feelings, and this is you know, and gave me those kinds of a, pieces of information to help me navigate, which is a hard industry. It's not, it, you know, making a film isn't easy. And if it was, everybody would be doing it. And right now, one tenth of one percent of people can do it and do it well and do it successfully. So realizing the human aspect of it and going out there and being resourceful as a producer. And I know you're doing that now. I mean, I remember seeing a rough cut of one of your films and you produced that, which is just incredible. It's so hard, but just like you at the end of uh, the green lantern, you're like, would you do it again? Yeah, you would. Because there's nothing like that, that feeling there mm -hmm. isn't, there's a, it's a different thing. And I try to describe it to people that have never been in the industry and they just, they look at me kind of funny, I'm like, but it's just a cool feeling of like sense of accomplishment to me. It is. It is. Um, and it, whether it's a short film or a feature film, you started and finished it, it's such yep. a huge accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. It is. And even if you don't finish it, um, you need yep. to disperse that out. At least get your stuff out there and, and make a little small trailer, a little clip just saying this is all I got from my reel. Just something to show that you're working. Now, the, the, sometimes I have a problem that some people want to have, they want to film. And even if it's not good, if it's fuzzy, it's blurry, do not put it out. Do not. <laughs> I mean, you have to understand things didn't go right, they didn't go well, that's fine. You can go back to the drawing board, but do not, you know, don't put that out, show that this is your work because uh, unfortunately, yeah, that the, 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 your first impression, you know, better be good if not. Right. Know, just a, yeah, so the same thing with this, your your trailer, your footage, that's your business card. That mm -hmm. is your open to let them know that, yes, I can do this, and you think this is good. It only gets better when you uh, foresee more information from me. And a lot of people don't seem to understand that. They just want to get something and put it out there, say, look what I did. But if yeah. it's not good quality, you're hurting yourself. For almost 20 years now, 
Um, and I, again, I've been theater, film, commercials, infomercials, PSAs. Uh, good gosh, um, I work for a couple here in here in Houston. You probably know them, Dolores and Jake. Yep. Help back. Help, help, help me with her last name then. Hello back. I can't I, remember. Yeah. Well, they are like the king and queen of stock footage. Like the king and queen. Um, oh, wow. Not just... Sorry. Okay? Um, yeah, she's just annoying me. Oh, no, no. It's a podcast, no, no. so it's a, it's a conversation, and my dog is part of it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I know who, you, you're, who you're talking about. I, like, okay, good. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of work with them, and oh. a lot of my work has been, even they say that's, what, that's why they come back to me, because... Uh, a lot of work sells. Um, a lot of my footage actually has been sold, according to them, uh, to India, Pakistan, and I can understand why. Uh, I do have a, that certain look, uh, so I can I completely understand. And because there's such a big market out there, um, so right. yeah. But I've done it all. Uh, I don't think you should refrain yourself from doing anything if you want to be in the in the acting industry or the film industry. Um, Jackie Chance, for one, he is like, I believe he's in the Guinness Books of Records of doing the most movies. Now, he even said himself, he didn't get paid for all of them. He just wanted to be in the movies because he wanted to act. He wanted to be in it. And he did right. like, yeah, I think, I think it's over 200 movies. Um, and again, it's because of the passion. And I feel myself that way as well. But because of my level of professional, now I see where they are, where they are at as far as their career, like if they're very beginning, they're amateurs, I don't mind helping them here or there. Um, but I won't put my production company on it because I don't know what they're going to do with it. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still picky, but I'll still help out as much as I can because I want everyone to make it. This industry, the, the beauty of it is big enough for everyone to have an avenue. That's what I love about it. Um, so I, I, and like he has said earlier, networking, networking is key. Like that is the number one key. Network, network, whether if you can't understand right now, gatherings and parties because of COVID, I get it. But a lot of casting directors and directors were on Instagram for a long time. Um, a lot of people were on social media. I did this one YouTube video that had, oh my God, about 3,000 views on it. And because of the COVID, it's up to almost like 40,000. I think it's hilarious because, you know, it's COVID. And with the YouTube videos, it's really important if you learn the SEO engine, yep. which is a search engine optimizer, it helps you to get your product out there uh, yep. more than, yeah. So there's a lot of things that one needs to learn as just being an actor. Um, acting, people think that, oh, it's just going in front of someone and, Acting. The problem with that is that you go in front of people <laughs> like, you know, 10, 15 auditions in one week or in a month, and you'll probably get zero callbacks or you won't even get a job. You know, yeah. that's what's difficult with acting because you have so many people that are auditioning. So you have to offer more, um, mm -hmm. come in the industry a lot more. Um, I think that's why I feel that I've survived in it because of all the different hats that I wear, whether it's I can bring product placements or 
I can bring uh, locations, uh, you know, be yep. resourceful in other ways than just of my performance. Yep. Um, and that's how I feel that that's how I've gotten more uh, work in the industry and also known because of Good. everything that I, you know, do. Now, as far as stunts world, I'm not young anymore. What? <laughs> Who knew? Matter. Yeah, no matter what I do uh, in the stunt world, that's that's the problem with it. Um, it's very difficult to get in, but once you're in, you're in. But it's yeah. a very short uh, span because it's you're constantly training, and if you break a major bone or something, you're gonna be out for a while. Yes, you have insurance and you have all that, but you know you want a stable career, something more. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it though. I loved I loved the excitement when I fell down the stairs. I I was scared. My hands were sweating profusely because I did not know like what if I break my neck? What if it is? But that's the last thing you want to do is think that negativity when you're about to do it. Um, your mind should be relaxed. Yeah. Subdued, relaxed, and know that you have to disperse your whole body weight evenly on your body when you fall. That's the ticket. Wow. Yes, you distribute your whole weight evenly through your body when you fall. And this way you're not, you don't get hurt. Um, and that takes a lot of, of uh, uh, practice, training. And that's why a lot of these, uh, you see these people in the gym, uh, three, four, five hours because of that. But some are stretching, some are practicing. It's not just necessarily lifting up weights uh, unless you have to bulk up for the, for the yeah, role. Yeah, sure. But as far as everything else, yeah, it's just basically a lot of stretching and a lot of tumbling. Uh, when I was right, I was uh, bike riding one time, and it really came in handy because the the hill was very steep, very mm -hmm. steep, and because I was on unfamiliar grounds, I didn't know the hill was that steep, and I rolled down and I braked. I knew immediately, instantly, right then and there, when I put that brake, that was the biggest mistake I could have done because gravity, of course, gravity took place. The bike stopped, the bike rolled because of the steep, and all I could do was tuck and roll. And it's amazing that I learned that, because I mean, you just gotta place your hands and you tuck and roll. And I didn't get hurt or anything, but the fact that I learned that I knew how to do that also saved me. But it, it's uh, constant training. <laughs> it constant, is. Constant I mean, training. You see uh, basketball the, players do that. They, they, they know how to fall after getting hit in a basketball game. They, mm -hmm. And they're taught how to do that. Mm -hmm. And that becomes muscle memory, as opposed, which was what it was with you. You tucked and rolled. That wasn't even mm -hmm. a thought to you. You trained mm -hmm. your brain to do that. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, you, and, and that's what it is when you're up there. Um, and a lot of people feel that when you're up on top and you have your knees bent and they're going to they're gonna push themselves off the building, Stunt people don't do that. They don't push themselves off the building. They just bend their legs and they just, when they, when they jump, you keep your legs bent and then you extend your legs out. It's really weird. The training is so different in the film than when you're out really kicking or you're really training jiu-jitsu or krav maga or any of that stuff. It's, it's, a, it's really training in the stunt world. It's not just go out there and, you know, let's fight, you know. All of it's choreographed and the steps and the counts and the seconds. So math does take a place in choreographing. Wow. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, I figured that a little bit, but 
I personally, you know, this is the Every Thought Matters podcast, and I think it's a lot of, just like you said, when you get at the top of the stairs, you don't want any negative thoughts, but and you also have to take those thoughts and actually take your heart rate down. Before, yes. Before, and you've got to, using your thoughts to actually help you perform, which is kind of an incredible thing, but in martial in the martial arts world, that's what that's all about. But I, in stunts, I didn't think it would be as much, but hearing you talk about it, it seems like your thoughts are probably the first thing you have to do before yes. even training. It's like yes. getting, understanding where you're up against, like you're on the top of a building and you have to think through and visualize that, that fall yes. first. Yes. And then execute. Wow. Yes. Yes. And you do, you have to get your thoughts in control because you know, the adrenaline kicks in and the emotions, the hormones, everything is racing, you know, and they're like, action, you know, and you're like, okay, here we go. And you do it. Uh, and it's, um, the word action also has a different, um, I don't know, a different effect on people. Even Clint Eastwood, yeah. what I've had, I haven't been on one of the sets, but I've heard some friends that have been on his set. Clint Eastwood doesn't even yell action. He just yes. does the role and the camera's role and tells the actress whenever you're ready, you start. And from what I've gathered, a lot of people are more at ease with that um, with, with that route than when someone just says, action! And, you know, I guess because you feel the tense is on. Like, now you're on, and now you got to prove yourself. Um, some people can do it in a heartbeat, and others just still get nerves. I've, so, mm -hmm. I've seen people, I, I was on this PGA film, which is Production Guild of America. This is like a 48-hour film festival thingy in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I remember when that red light came on, I it just, it did something to me. And I'm like, I, I knew probably within about a year after that, that I wasn't, you know, and I loved acting, but I was like, I got that thing and like, I, I froze. Yeah. Like, and I, which caused the director some fits, but luckily I only had one or two lines, but still some people can do that just like it's, it's no big deal to them, which I find yes. amazing to me. Yes. But it's that red honor. light and that action is like, ooh, it's that, that, but that goes back to just, I still loved your analogy on the, the stairs. It's the same thing. It's, you got to train your thoughts mm -hmm. to go and, and get do. those, get before that red light comes on to where it comes on, you're already naturally in character and you're actually just speaking from the heart of that character as opposed to, oh, the red light's on and I'm Kelly. Oh, wait, wait. And, you know, you can't have that, which is what I was doing. Yes. Even though I did well in audition classes, but anyway. <laughs> audition classes, now that's a whole different process. That's that's difficult because literally you have, um, you know, seconds to impress them. Um, what I've always seemed to break my, 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 uh, the tents in my audition rooms, uh, especially the three or four of them, I know that I'm going to freak out because one, it's already nervous and to have three or four people that I need to impress at one time can also get a little overwhelming. But I noticed that when I go into the room, instead of changing or trying to be someone else or be that character, I'm myself. I have a, I have a tendency that when I walk into a room, I'll say hi to everybody first. I don't have to wait for someone to say hi to me. I'll mm -hmm. be like, hi, my name is Mia. Da, 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 da. Hi. Da, da. Just right. being me. 
just being me, the, 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 the social person that I am. And yeah. that's what helped me in the audition room. Like, hi, you know, my name is Mia. Thank you so much. And hi, and I say hi to all of them and they all look at me weird, but it's to put myself in my element. Yeah. I understand it's weird to you guys, but this is me, it's me. I have to say hi to everybody to, so I don't feel uh, one, I don't feel like I'm being rude. Again, this is just me knowing mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It helps me relax. It helps me more of like, okay, I say hi to everybody. Now I got their attention. Now I can relax because now I know where I'm at. And it, it, that's what helps me in auditions. Uh, and it's funny because it's gotten me jobs. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't know how I got this job, but I think it's all of my personality as well that um, I'm easygoing and I can follow directions and I be myself. I don't let them intimidate me, even though I'm already intimidated because it's four people that I have to impress. But they don't need to know that. You know, everyone nope. thinks that they come off, that you come off a lot nervous than what you really are. No one can see it. Nobody can see how, how nervous you are. Unless you start making mistakes. And yeah, of course. But again, it goes back to controlling your thoughts, mm-hmm. controlling your, your, your area. And if you're like myself, that I have to say hi to everybody, so be it. And yeah. if they don't like that, that's fine. Yeah. But you're being you. And it's funny the response that I get from them because they smile. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. she's human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hi. <laughs> I, you know, and they're like, okay, and they will talk a little, you know, and that helps me a lot more to relax. And I know my lines. And it's okay if you fumble in your lines when you're auditioning, just as long as you got your feelings and your and your reactions and your emotions. Yep. They're fine with it. Exactly. As long as you got that, as long as you're trying to get to the point of what they're trying to get at, they're fine. Yep. Yeah, d- during the audition now, of course, when you're filming, you know, it's a different story. But audition room, yeah, because you got seconds to impress them. Seconds. And I'm talking seconds. Right. Um, so... That, that's what's helped me in my auditions, that um, knowing the way I am, because I'm just social, so social, and I have to say hi to yeah. everybody, because that's just me. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, that's, that's helped. It's helped a lot. <laughs> and I didn't learn that, and I studied that in New York. I, I took some, some classes with John Lanch, as you mentioned. Yep. I also yep. took some classes with Gary Chasen. So you know, Same. he's also very well known and big name in the industry. Yep. Um, took some classes with him as well and everything and it's so funny because none of them said to do that not one no and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing I'm just saying you have to find your niche you have to find your comfort zone don't know what that is but you as being with yourself you know should know and I knew that was it for me yeah that works because I know like even for my podcast now, I use some of those warm-up exercises that Gary taught us, and I use those as just a way to warm Because your vocal cord is a muscle. It's a physical muscle inside you. So I use that to warm myself up before I come on my podcast. So, you know, my T's are crossed and, you know, my I's are dotted and, and my consonants come out a little bit better because when I listen to myself on the podcast, I really don't like it. I'm like actors who don't like to watch themselves. I really don't like to listen to myself. But that said, you got you, I do some of that stuff because there's so much I've learned in, in the entertainment industry that I can apply to real life. It's not just 
the cameras and producing and, you know, a boom mic and running sound and all of that stuff. There's so much that real life is in all of that because it's about more about relationships and stories and writing. And there's so much that I've taken away from it mm-hmm. that, you know, now I'll write because I'm like, I've, I'll write just for TV stuff or whatever, just to, because it's fun. Not because, like you said, you, if you're really in it to win it, you got to do that 24-7. And you've got to carry your brand 24-7. And you do a really good job of that. And I just wasn't in it to win it, but I also knew where my gift was. And my gift is this. And literally talking to people, and I do it with my daytime job at the Mart. And I meet so many people that they say hi to me even if they don't come shop in my department. They come by and just say hi and talk to me. All the time. And that's my gift. It's what I do. I learned that from producing. I learned that from being a computer programmer. I learned that from writing. And I learned that just by being alone. And I do a lot of writing, too. I don't – I journal a ton. That's part of my morning routine. I journal and I meditate every day. I have to because I have to clear that mind. And I've gotten to some places where my brain is just a little white space, which is the most beautiful feeling in the world. In the world. (laughs) It is. I've been there. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I agree. I agree. Because there's so much clutter out there. And I try to, re- like this morning, I had so much clutter in my head. And I just started journaling. And I just kept going, getting it out on paper, just like you do. And yeah, it just, I had to get it, rid of those thoughts because I don't want them in there. That, And I think you said something about your subconscious. They already know what's going on. It's your conscious that needs to get it out. I think. <laughs> right? <laughs> No, yes, I agree. I totally agree. I and I'm I'm that way that I like to just write things down, even if it's just. It just helps you. It helps. I mean, it helps you mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because there's something that you want to say, and you don't want to say because you're afraid of hurting your feelings or looking at some, looking somehow or coming off as this, you know, evil, wicked witch of the west or whatever. And it's just, you know, yeah, and it's just. You just have to say it. You just, yeah. you just have to get off your chest, you know. And writing is a beautiful thing for me. I love to write. Now, one thing like you mentioned, that you don't have to hear yourself. Um, I just got offered to do an audio book, and I cannot stand my voice. I just never liked it. Um, and as far as acting, oh, I hate saying this, um, but I don't. I don't watch any of my movies. I don't. Even when I go to the premieres, yeah. I have my head down. I I, really? I critique myself horribly. I mean, I dissect okay. the whole thing, and I and I learned this by first the first couple of movies that I watched myself. That I dissected every single move. I overanalyzed everything. That mm-hmm. I made the character just not. Be live, and I'm like, this is not healthy. This is not good, especially when you're having compliments from people saying you did really well. Um, where, where, where can I get some information? I'd like to hire you. These are things when they when you hear, they're they are ego boosters. They are they sure. do tell you, hey, maybe you are in the right field. You are doing the yes. right thing. You know, yes. it, it helps. Right. So when you see yourself and you're just like. Maybe these people are lying to you. <laughs> Even though you've never met these people before. <laughs> but right. it's just that second guessing game, you know, that that um 
I guess that's why they say feel comfortable in your own skin because it, yeah. in, insecurity comes in and plays a horrible role. Um, you start second guessing your your yep. your choices and sure. Then things just start falling apart. But yeah. I try not to let that happen. So then that would lead me to you had this commercial spot recently that you that's finally out. Oh yes, Memorial. Yes, Women. and I loved it. It was wonderful. That had to, I mean, there was no lines to be acting, or but there was acting. But yet, basically, you got to be in a commercial to look glamorous, which was really kind of cool. Great. <laughs> Talk about Thank that. You. Thank you. Tell my audience uh, about was, it. That was a uh, breast um, advertising announcement to get mammograms. Yep. Don't understand where the glamour life comes in. Mm -hmm. But I love that they had a glamorous life, of course, that she played a glamorous life. Um, yeah. And I'm all for doing PSAs or infomercials yep. for awareness. Yep. You know, I'm all for that. Uh, I love to be awareness because a lot of women don't get breast mammograms, yep. unfortunately. And that's what it was for. Um, and that one also came from a, from, working with, with them before. I've worked with them before and they knew oh. that I could do it and they called me. Like you said, you know, there's, there's people come to you, say hi to you and they don't even come purchase. It, you build a relationship with them and that is so much more valuable, building relationships than just having yes, someone just work with you. You know, yep. that, yeah, that speaks volumes, volumes. And in this industry, that's what you really do need. You need yep. uh, the referrals, you need people that build yep. relationships with and not just network anyone can network but um i think a big big uh team that's what i call them is in the industry and because of adam sander how he mm -hmm. keeps david spade uh rob schneider uh peter, yeah. uh peter olsen all of his the same people that he's worked with from right yeah he still keeps them employed. Um, and I think it's really beautiful. And I think it's because they work so well together. Not so much. I mean, of course, the chemistry is there, which also that's very important. But there right. has to be a lot more than just the chemistry. It seems that they have a good business mindset to work together. Um, a lot of this industry seems to, the ego gets in ways of this industry with a lot of people, men and women. And right. when I see them play, when I see them group, when I see the credits, and right. their names are on it as it, as executive producer, producer, you know, yes. that's, yeah. that's what you want. That's what you need to make it in this industry. I agree. I totally yeah. agree. I heard him on a podcast earlier this summer with Joe Buck and gosh, I can't think of the kid's name is. I'm drawing a blank on the kid. He's, an, he's actually an actor. And anyway, Sandler was on it and it was great. He was, and it was called uh, Daddy Issues, which is basically about your origin stories about your father and all of that. And he talked about him and his dad. And that just shined a whole different light to me on who he was as a human being. It was fascinating for me because it was uh, Joe Buck, who's a, for my listeners, is a major league baseball announcer, an NFL announcer, and his dad, Jack Buck, did, was a legendary Hall of Fame announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals, who's in the NFL Hall of Fame, and 
Baseball Hall of Fame, too, I believe. Anyway, long story short, they did a podcast with Sandler, and Sandler just, he's funny, but he really talked about his father and how that formed his business, the way he ran his businesses and how he approached working on films. and every, It was just one of the most fascinating things. If I find it, I'll send it to you because I think you would find it interesting. Just Please. because I loved, I loved it. It was highly entertaining, but also we all learn about daddy issues is about learning about your, you know, how your father affected you. And it was Kurt mm-hmm. Russell's son, stepson, I guess. Goldie Hawn and what's Goldie Hawn's yeah, daughter's Goldie name? What's Goldie Hawn's daughter's name? I can't think of her name Kate. right now. Kate yeah, Hudson. Kate Hudson. His name's Oliver Hudson. It's Kate Hudson's brother. Somehow Joe Buck and Oliver Hudson know each other. And Oliver's a working actor in Hollywood. And he's a father, and they got kids, and they they brought Sandler on, and it was so enlightening. And for you to bring him up with all of him and how he keeps that core together, he talks a little bit about that, which is kind of fascinating to me. Good. But anyway, that's a... We went off on a little tangent, but I don't care. No, 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 My no, dog. no, because um, it, it's not it's not going off on a tangent because it's the same thing that he has a formula that works in Hollywood, that works in the film industry. Right. And I'm not saying to follow it, but just like he needed a, a crew, a cult that kind of went for the same, yep. they all went towards the same goal. You need that. Uh, Absolutely. And he's willing to share, you know, the pie equally or everyone gets a state of it. And that, that's a good thing. And a lot of people don't seem to understand that that's what you have to do. It I agree. happens like that in, in all of the industries. Uh, it's not the only one that works that way. Um, nope. And it's just, yeah. So when you said that, you know, it, it really is because that's something that I'm, we're trying to put together. Me, Lydia, uh, Lydia Martinez. I don't know if you know her. Um, no, and Lisa, but. Oh, and Lisa yeah. Martinez. So we're okay. trying to put a little, show because in when we first started the industry all three of us it was really um something because we were all misled we had to actually find a legit coach and or a manager and take yeah, yeah. legit seminars to learn that these people that were just in the independent industry or indie film oh yeah uh, were snakes and oh, yeah. they were trying to, you know, yeah. So you have to oh, be really careful. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. You have to be careful about who you choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And working with two females, uh, Lisa, she's the niece of um, uh, Danny Trejo. Oh, so yeah. She has a lot of, yeah, so she has a lot of background uh, as far as the production. And Lisa, I mean, she's also an actress. So it's really good to work with someone that has background, you know, they know someone that's in the industry that you can get some kind of information uh, or to know, or someone to ask some resources, you know, if this is true, or this is not true, can we do this, you know? And that helps, all of that helps oh, I know. to make it in this industry. It gets, you know, continue going. As far as you making it, well, everyone has a different goal. Um, I feel that I've already made it because I speak with so many people. Uh, as far as being a plus celebrity, well, no, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> but it's the journey that I'm enjoying. It's good. All of the things that I'm doing, that I'm learning, that I have networked with, worked with, I wouldn't change it. It's so much fun. It is a lot of fun. It's it's 
And along the ways, I've actually met people that I can consider friends, not business associates. You know, yeah. Actually, I'll say, hey, that's a friend. Right. <laughs> like you, Kelly, when I went out to California, you were such a good friend to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, it. You didn't have to, but you're my friend. Right. That's kind of how I approached it. And that's kind of why I'm in the business I'm in now. And I just, because I think that's, that's fun for me. That's honest to goodness fun. And that's why I've got this podcast now. Cause I just think talking to people. Yeah. I got a lot of contacts in the entertainment industry and I still do. And I've got a laundry list of people I want on my podcast, but I just know that that's my thread of just trying to help people and get their story out. And along the way in have, hearing other people's story helps you understand your own story. Mm-hmm. And if you can help do that, then you can change your thoughts and you can actually change who you are. Cause I, th- I personally think that's how you learn because people are, in general are mirrors and you mirror back to me, the enthusiasm for life. You always have though, from the day I met you. So that's, and that's why I kind of wanted to have you on there. Cause I just knew that would be just a good, I feel that. And I feel that just like I felt that one day in that little bar in Houston, like, yeah, oh, good. I'm so happy. That's- yeah. So where can people find you and like on social media and stuff? On social media, well, I'm, of course, I'm on Facebook. It's Mia Ruiz. Um, right. I'm on Instagram, officially Mia Ruiz, because there's so many Mia Ruizes out there. Right. Um, but there's not there an are. actress. I'm the only actress. <laughs> so there you go. I'm officially. <laughs> and my YouTube channel, which I can shoot yeah. over to you because it's still long. I'm still trying to personalize it. Um, it's just a lot of my work has been from, you know, indie oh, yeah. work or the stuff that I, yeah. Yeah. My first guest, she had like a YouTube channel. She's like, yeah, you probably can find an old audition tape from like 1995. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to go scour that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go do that. No. Um, <laughs> I had the full, com- oh, as you saw, I had the full commercial on my YouTube channel. Um, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm still I am 10 people off from YouTube customizing my channel. Oh, really? 10 people, 10 subscribers? 10 subscribers. So I'm going to go back on Facebook and put, look, I need 10 subscribers. Great. I will. Yeah, I will follow you back. I have no problem with that. You give, I give. I have no problem with that. (laughs) Wonderful. I love it. I'm grateful to talk to you today. And like I said, this is just an audio only. It's great um, for my podcast listeners. You don't get to see this pretty face. I do. So, um, <laughs> and it's great because I haven't seen her in forever. But I know. Again, I haven't seen you forever. Yes, I know. It's been a while. But you know, I'm not in California, right? Where are you? I'm in Rockport. You knew that. Didn't you oh, know yeah, that? Rockport. Yeah, but that's out right outside of California, right? No, it's Rockport, Texas, right by Corpus. I'm down by Corpus Christi. When did you move? Like a year and a half ago. Really? Yes, I'm like three hours from you. No yeah. way! Yes, I, right? That's awesome, Kelly. So then when are we going to see each other? Right. Hello. Yeah. Oh, what would you move down there with? Nobody. I'm by myself. I got a cute little trailer and it's great. It's a heck of a lot cheaper. Just me and my dog, who you heard earlier. What happened? Um, I just couldn't afford to live in LA, so I moved here. 
I had packed up everything in a van, me and my dog, all my belongings, and moved out here, got a job at Walmart, and now I'm becoming a life coach. Really? I'm doing podcasts, yeah. Wow, Kelly. Okay. You didn't know this? No. Man. See, now this is a great thing, because I'm going to keep this in the podcast, because <laughs> social media truly, we've been friends for forever, and social yeah. media truly isn't social. Yeah, not I did not know that you moved. I know, but yeah, I'm down here in Rockport. Rockport? That sounds yeah. like close to Austin. You know where Port Aransas is? Yeah. No, I'm right on the coast. I'm a, I'm a mile bike ride from the ocean. Ooh. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beaches. Yeah. Our beach. Yeah. And it's not Port Galveston water here. It's right down by Port A. Oh, my God. Well, we need yeah. to make a trip down there. And you better. That'd be awesome. I would love to come see you. I wish I would know that you would have moved. I mean, yeah, Ellie's getting so stupid. But, and then they have that new law that's coming that if you move there and if you live, leave, you still got to pay the 10 years of taxes. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. yeah I, that's what I, I don't know if it ever passed, but yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. Like that's stupid. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm You didn't California, know I was back I in Texas. To, for the three months when I went up to California, I just could not get along with anyone. I it was agree, weird. But it, it's a, it was really it's a weird culture there, but in the entertainment industry, it's it's really legit. It's very legit, and I can tell you offline about stories about what I learned out there and a couple films I made and whatever. But and I got to get on the studio lots and all that kind of stuff. That was fun. But that's fun. I'm I'm loving being back in Texas because I love the Texas people. They're the nicest people in the world. I, you know, like I said, I work at the Mart, and they, I've got great customers that come by just to see me, and I, you know, I bring joy to their day, and Good. that's what I that's my coaching's important. about, and, and what this podcast is about: help people listen to us talk, and then maybe they're going to get a nugget of information afterwards that might help them project, you know, some little change in their life and how they do their change their thoughts so they can change their world because yeah. the world changes with each one of us it's not this big like you said we got to get all that stuff out of our consciousness to where we become the subconscious in the, the really true self that we're we are and when we do that there's nothing we can't do and you're a living breathing example of that oh thank you thank you no it's true though if you you can get yourself organized uh and i mean mentally you're, 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 you're unstoppable. You really That's are. That's right. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I'm here if you ever need anything. Oh yeah. You're up the road a piece. I'm here. I know. So now that you're here, um, we're doing a movie. It's called Bat Place, but we're not going to start until March. Right. Uh, yeah. I would love for you to come on it. It's with Eddie Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. He's one of the producers. Yeah. He I, also, I, huh? You I'm not sure who he is. I'm here. You here? Oh. Have you hear, Have you heard of that of that movie called Rich Kids? Yes. He was the main producer for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was one of the main producers um, that actually got Rich Kids a lot where it's at. Him and Laura Laura Moons. I think that's her last name. Moons. That sounds um, same sounds familiar too. Yeah. They they made they they did they cleaned the festivals with their movie. Rich, wow. Rich kids, 
they clean the festivals. Nice. Phenomenal. Yes, 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 yes. A couple of people approached them um, and made it to Netflix. And it's nice. still on Netflix. It was only supposed to be on Netflix for three months. And that was last year. And it's still on. So. Writing that um, down. Yeah. Bridge kids. Eddie Rodriguez. So I would mm -hmm. love for you. Maybe you guys can come on. You can, you know, help us produce it. Uh, it's 13 pages, really short, really funny, but it's a phenomenal script. I'll send it over to you. See, I'll send yeah. the, the, the sure. NDA, which I know I'm in good hands though. Yeah. And uh, send you the script and tell me what you think about it. I would love for you to come help us be part of it. A nice little check from out of it. Be all gravy. Nice. Oh, it's all gravy, right? Yep, all good and great. That's great. Well, it's wonderful to talk to you. Wonderful to see that great smile. For those of you who don't know, she has like the most gorgeous smile. <laughs> she really does. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit the end button and call this okay. a day and start working on the editing so I can get Jimmy's barking out of there. But other <laughs> than that, maybe it won't sound so bad on the recording. Okay, but it's I'm great sure to talk to you. And I'm really proud awesome. of you. I'm awesome very, time. very proud of you. Likewise. But we'll be All talking right. about the, it's called a bad place. I'll send it over. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you Great. later. Kisses. Bye. Bye.